a playlist original. Recorded live during Pride Month, in this episode of Tech Girl Talks, we discuss the representation, or lack thereof, of the LGBTQ community in esports. This episode features insight from LGBTQ gamers who share their own experiences with competitive gaming and whether or not they felt included. Today on Tech Girl Talks, we're going to be having quite a serious conversation and one that I was, if I'm honest, a a little bit apprehensive about doing because I wanted to do it justice and I wanted to make sure that I was fair and that I wasn't speaking on behalf of a community because that's never good. I wanted to give the community themselves a space to, to talk and feel like they had a voice. And so today we're going to be talking specifically about the LGBTQ community uh, in esports itself. And this is going to be an interesting one because I think that the the conversation is so much deeper than I'm going to be able to go in the short space that we have. And I think that there actually is a space for far more conversations around this. But I'm going to kind of try and give you an overview. I've had uh, the opportunity to speak to some friends who are part of the LGBTQ community who work in esports and work in gaming to get some insight from them because I don't want to talk on behalf of a community. I want to give them space to talk. And I'm hoping some of their experiences and some of the things that they share will resonate with you, will will help you understand a little bit better about how we can be more inclusive in esports. And I also want to talk a little bit about some of the things that maybe we don't understand. So I'm going to be going into all of this. If you want to join in the conversation, if you have a question, then please exclamation mark join and write your question. I do a question and answer section at the end of the stream and I'll answer all of those questions. I want to get straight into this. So the reason that I specifically wanted to do Tech Girl Talks episode four about the LGBTQ community and its involvement or lack of in esports was because obviously it is Pride Month. June is Pride Month in the United States of America, which means because the USA kind of controls that big, ugly corporate machine, we've seen it everywhere, which actually isn't a bad thing because it's been able to give more light to Pride Month and hopefully been able to, to share it with more people. But you've seen all the brands at the moment. They, you know, they've got all their rainbow flag emojis, happy Pride Month, we're all inclusive. You've seen it with a lot of the esports organizations. There's lots of of different accounts declaring publicly that they're inclusive and that they support the LGBTQ community. Now, I don't think that these conversations, I want to be very clear, I don't think that these conversations should only happen in June. And also, I'm well aware, obviously not living in the US, that different countries have different months that they celebrate as pride and, and call their pride month. So this isn't a specific thing that can only happen in June. It's a conversation that should be happening all the time. The reason I've chosen to have this conversation right now in June is because I kind of felt like because all of these international brands are are tweeting and posting content and changing their logos, uh, it would be a good time because it's front of mind. And maybe for someone who doesn't know or potentially isn't aware, this would be a good time to kind of make them a little bit more aware of what the the significance of pride is and, and more importantly how the lgbtq community fits into esports uh, so we're gonna jump straight into this and like i said if you have a question exclamation mark join type your question it'll be added to the queue kuga in the chat this is in fact a pikachu on my hoodie yes so let's talk about specifically pride month first and what it actually is 
I've made some notes here because I want to make sure that I get this correct. Um, I've obviously read up on it, but I want to make sure that, that all my information is right. So I'm going to be using my notes as well. Um, and like I mentioned, Pride Month in June isn't necessarily a global thing. Very Many different countries celebrate their Pride Months in different months. Uh, and we'll get into South Africa in a little bit. But the U.S. specifically adopted the month of June. And this was to commemorate the Stonewall riots. So that occurred at the end of June 1969. And these riots were demonstrations by members of the LGBT community in the U.S. in response to a New York police raid on Stonewall Inn in New York, which was, in, I think it was Greenwich Village, which was obviously an area that was frequent by the LGBTQ, uh, LGBTQ community. It was where they felt safe and the police got very violent. The riots then started, but the important thing is that these riots ultimately became the tipping points which pushed forward the, the gay liberation movements in the US, the, the discussions around LGBTQ rights in the US. And that was the, the concept of Pride Month, if you like, is that's where it started. For South Africa, it's a little bit different. And I want to talk about... Try not to use words. Uh, for South Africa, I want to specifically talk about... Before we do that, I, I do want to say I'm very nervous. I'm very nervous about this conversation. And it's something that I've been... I've spoken to, to some friends about it. And I, I had a very long conversation with a great, a great friend of mine, Nick, last night who really opened my mind to a few things. Because I felt like I was coming from a place that wasn't educated uh, and I didn't want to talk on behalf of a community and I wanted to make sure that the sentiment was right here and that I'm, I want to showcase a positive stance on how to be a better ally, how the esports community can be a better ally and, and kind of not take away from the experiences of the LGBTQ community in esports and allow a voice and, and hopefully start a conversation. So understand that anything I'm saying is coming from that place and it's me hoping to, to change the minds of someone and, and start a conversation, hopefully, uh, and give you new insights. So, but I am very nervous because I also want to do this justice. So if, I'm, if, I, if it feels like I'm, I'm stumbling over my words and things like that, be rest assured I am because uh, I want to make sure that, that we do this right. I'm also very scared about trolls because I know that they exist and I don't want them to come in here and turn this into something it's meant to be a positive, safe space, and I want it to stay that way. I want to talk about South Africa because South Africa is where I'm from. It's where I live. Uh, and South Africa's first, technically first South African and also first African Pride event happened in, on the 13th of October, 1990. Uh, and this was about 800 people participated in what was ultimately a riot uh, and, and a, a par I don't want to call it a parade because it wasn't. It was a riot and it was specifically democracy had not been declared yet in South Africa. Uh, we were in that weird transition period. It was still technically apartheid. Um, so our democracy only came into being in 1994. And the first South African and African pride on the 13th of October, 1990 was specifically about not only the, the rights of the LGBTQ community, but it was also a protest against apartheid. So it wasn't a right, a protest is a better word, protest against apartheid. Um, obviously from 1994, when South Africa moved into a democracy, we've had host of, there's a host of pride events that happened throughout the year in different provinces, uh, different towns have different pride events. So you've more than likely seen them, but they still, the concept of this remains the same, which is, a strong focus on political ad advocacy and protesting against the illegal discrimination against the LGBTQ people and 
ensuring that there's equality before the law and also advocacy against hate crimes because this is a big thing that you might not know and it's something I've read about and I've heard but I didn't realize how prevalent it was is the hate crimes in South Africa against the LGBTQ community one of the things that that I started reading into was specifically corrective rape of lesbians in townships that's a thing that is happening regularly and it's it's horrific so what I kind of want to highlight here first and foremost is that I think a lot of people when they think pride and you see this on, on, on Twitter whatever it's oh happy pride yay yes it's great that that we can celebrate and and we want to push equality for the law but we also have to understand that these were ultimately protests and riots trying to fight for representation and equal rights and it's far deeper than just the rainbow emoji you see uh for, for one of a, a better term um and that's something that I think is is really important for us to look at. And more importantly, though, and, and the point that I kind of wanted to make was like what I said, it's more than that. But this is actually a conversation that should be happening throughout the year. It should be regularly occurring. Um, and the reason I'm having it now is just because I know it's front of mind and, and I, I want to start this. I believe after the conversations I've had researching this topic uh, after those conversations that the truth of it is I need to do far more of these and, and I want to actually start some stuff because I learned a lot and realized my own biases and things that I didn't know through the journey of this um, but now this is getting into like a weird thing so I, I kind of want to I want to now talk about the the issues specifically in the gaming space and esports and I kind of want to preference this with my own experience uh, so that it can maybe it can maybe frame why I've decided to have this specific conversation. Let me get into something that happened to me a couple of years ago. So I had the opportunity to go somewhere and interact over the course of three days with some very famous content creators, uh, women in the gaming space. And I was very nervous when I got there. I wasn't, I was there on a technicality. So these were people, we're talking women with hundreds of thousands to millions of, of subscribers on YouTube and Twitter followers and Instagram. It was very famous women, many of whom um, I didn't know. But when I got there and I had a chance to find out who they were, was I was somewhat overwhelmed by, by who they were. And in my experience... Some of them weren't very nice. I arrived in my t-shirt and my jeans and my Converse as I do completely. At this point, I had no idea what a press trip like this was. Obviously, now I've learned. But at the time, I had no idea. And these were obviously seasoned professionals. And some of them were really mean. Really, really mean. Um, and when I say mean, just very offish. Were very concerned about how many subs you had, how many followers you had. And that was kind of how they were judging where you know, how important you were to them and, and that sort of stuff happened. And I chose to ignore it. I, I was, uh, I'm actually quite shy in real life and I chose to, to just go, it's okay. I'm going to enjoy this experience. I don't have to, if no one wants to talk to me, no one needs to talk to me. And I ended up making friends with uh, one of the, the other creators there. She's become such a good friend and she's a phenomenal person. And she felt the same way I felt where we felt like a lot of these people were being very weird and offish and strange and kind of judging us depending on follow accounts and things like that. Anyway, I left early and the overseas contingent, there was a, an American girl, she's very famous now, and she has TV shows in the hall. Anyway, she was there and she went to dinner with my new friend that I'd made and along with a group of others and obviously I had left and this particular girl 
said, oh, to my new friend, oh, I saw you made friends with the South African. And she said, yes. And this girl proceeded to say, uh, oh, I thought that she was a, and she used a slur that's used specifically uh, against lesbians. She used a slur, it starts with a D. I don't want to repeat it here, that's not the point. And she said, oh, I thought she was this. And my new friend said, sorry, that's what? And she said, yeah, I was, I thought she was a bit, used the slur again. And also I was worried she was going to hit on me. And my new friend immediately removed herself from that space, said, that's horrible to, to say that, left and contacted me and told me. And I remember being devastated. And now that I'm a little bit older uh, and a little bit, I think maybe in a different space, I suppose, headspace, I, I can look back and realize, why was I devastated? I was devastated because the word hurt, because the slur itself has certain implications. I was not devastated that maybe someone saw me and thought that I was part of the, the LGBTQ community. I, I'm completely okay with that. But what devastated me was the word used has all sorts of horrible connotations. So many ugly stereotypes that are pushed onto members of this community. And what hurt was this this weird insinuation that that is something to say to someone and it, it's cruel and it's mean and it wasn't nice and it really upset me at the time. And then I started thinking about how it would feel if I was a member of the, uh, of the LGBTQ community. How would it feel if someone put that stereotype on me? And use that word. And I know that we say, we always say that, you know, like growing up, your parents always say sticks and stones will break your bones, but words will never harm you. That's a lie. Words have power. And that word, it insinuates that that someone part of that community looks a certain way, acts a certain way, and is is not nice. And then to make a comment like, oh, I was worried she was going to hit on me. That's such a horrible thing to say. It's such a weird concept. That's not the point of this whole conversation. That's just showing you my experience and realizing the power that these slurs have in these words and how horrible we can make people feel. And this was coming from someone who wasn't in the LGBTQ community who felt that way. Imagine how it would feel for someone in the community having to listen to it. And that was something that stuck with me for a very long time. And it's kind of directed this conversation as well. I want to now get into specifically esports. And that's where I'm not going to talk on the broader community, but I do want to talk about the community in esports and how how it's not very welcoming and what we can do to change. This is an interesting one because I feel like the community only really came about, and not only came about, the community was there all the time, but the first time it got publicly celebrated and really took a step forward, in my opinion, talking from the outside, was this specific moment, which I really want to share with you now. Okay, and the game award goes to Sonic Fox, everybody. Wow. 
I really want this shit. Oh my god. <laughs> hey, look, mom. <laughs> uh, I guess I want to say this is a big honor. Uh, I kind of just really, really enjoy playing video games competitively. Um, I've never really, really done it for the fame. I kind of just enjoy the rush of like beating people up, you know? Like, <laughs> I don't know, like even like, uh, I'm sure you guys heard the story of uh, when I won the IPS finale. The other thing I don't do this for is for the money, it's because when uh, my best friend, one of my, my best friend, one of my closest friends, oh my God, I'm nervous. Uh, his dad had cancer and after I won, well, before I even like uh, did the match, I told him whether I win or lose, I'm gonna be donating at least like 10K of the prize winning to his father for his stage three cancer. I hope it works out for him. Um, and he really, really. I've never been this nervous. This is more scary than I want Evo. Um, but I mean, I guess I, I never really, I had always just done it just to make new friends and bonds in the community. So um, I guess for now, I want to give a shout out to obviously the team that's helped me do all the, all the way Echo Fox. I want to give a shout out to uh, um, all my friends back at home, my best friend, the Kill Sage. Uh, he's helped me out so much through life. McKenna um, Black, the, ga the goons back at home, gang, gang. Um, <laughs> um, uh, as you guys also may know or may not know, um, I'm also super gay, so I mean, uh, I want to give a shout out. <laughs> so, I want to give a super shout out to all my LGBTQ plus friends that have always helped me through life. Um, obviously, I'm a furry, so shout out to the furries. I've been any furries in Gamera year. Yeah. Um, guess all I gotta really say is that I'm gay, black, a furry, pretty much everything a Republican hates, and the best esports player of the whole year, I guess. <laughs> Thank you so much. So that was a really big moment, I think, for specifically for the LGBTQ community is, is Sonic Fox standing up and saying, I'm gay, I'm a furry, and now I'm the esports player of the year. That's huge. Taking a look at what Sonic Fox said, that's such a huge moment. And it was such a huge moment for the community because for someone to stand up and say that and win an award is huge. And the problem, though, with esports, in my opinion, is that actually... When you look at esports from the outside, the immediate assumption is that there aren't a lot of LGBTQ community members in esports, and that's wrong. There are so many, but publicly, there are very few that are willing to stand up and speak. And if you look at something as silly as going on Wikipedia and Googling, if you're in Wikipedia and you say LGBTQ esports players, you get like six that are mentioned because there's only six that they were very public at the top level. In the same way that there's been a host of players that are part of the community keeping it to themselves. And, and we'll hear from someone in a little bit who kept it to themselves. There was also, there's shoutcasters and commentators who are part of the LGBTQ community and who are scared to speak up. And the reason they're scared to speak up is because when they do, the few that have, the amount of toxicity and abuse that they get is insane. And this is something that is really, I mean, this is not just, this is not just, something that's affecting the LGBTQ community, people of color, 
woman. Uh, it, is, it is a constant thing that happens in that we have these giant issues of bigotry and it's, it's not an intersectional thing. It's happening to everyone. And a lot of the time it, it's happening on Reddit. It's happening in Twitch chats. It's, it's the anonymous forums on Twitter where people don't need to engage with someone in real life. So it's really easy to be absolutely horrible to someone and be absolutely horrible to someone and and have no repercussions. Venom has mentioned here saying it, it frustrates me so much that people are given a label because they have a different opinion, different belief or different culture. At the end of the day, we are all human. We are, but we also need to identify the fact that certain communities are treated badly in esports. And we are talking about the LGBTQ community in esports. So it's important to say that they are not treated well. So there was a League of Legends shoutcaster and she's since left. It's a, it's a very common one that everyone's seen, but Frost Curran, who is now working for G, G4 TV. But one of the things she specifically, she's actually pinned this tweet. So she started on League of Legends as a shoutcaster. She's phenomenally talented, but she was also very public about the fact that she was a lesbian woman. And for some absurd reason, this blew people's minds because she spoke openly about these things. She spoke openly about the issues that the community was facing. And all she got was just an toxicity and hate in the chat. And one of the tweets that she pinned actually on the 7th of October, 2017, which is, I think just speaks multitudes is she goes, I love reading about straight guys debating if I'm attractive or not. Mate, go ask your girlfriend. And, and it always makes me laugh when I see that because I think it just speaks so much to the issue at hand. This was the thing, right? Is we've also recently seen a, a transgender shoutcaster in Siege who is constantly receiving this negativity. And I do think that esports, despite the fact that we constantly, you, you'll see the esports community constantly saying, oh, we're all inclusive and everyone's welcome. Are they? Um, and this was something that was was interesting to me because I had a long conversation with my friend Nick who I'm going to share his his Twitch channel with you because I'd love you to go see his stuff he is a gay man who's very open uh, about chatting about issues facing the LGBTQ community not only in gaming but but other issues as well and he mentioned to me yesterday when I, I was walking through what I wanted to talk about today and I wanted to make sure that I was doing this justice and he mentioned something to me which has stuck with me so much and that is he says the difference between being queer apathetic and queer affirming. And this hit me very hard yesterday when we were having this particular chat because I realized how often our community is apathetic. We say, oh, everyone's welcome. But are they really? Um, are we really making it a welcoming space? We, we kind of, oh, we don't mind if you're part of the LGBTQ community. We don't mind you can come, but we're not going to really do anything to make this welcoming. We're not gonna affirm the fact that it's okay for you to be here. We're just gonna kind of say, it's okay, you can, you can come, but like, don't talk about it, you know? Or, I mean, we never say don't talk about it, but esports in general, we don't kind of go, let's make this a space where we tell you that you can be loved no matter what, where, where, we, where you can join in the conversation, where you don't have to pretend or hide anything about yourself. So the difference between being queer apathetic versus queer affirming hit me really hard. Um, and it worries me because I got some interesting feedback when I sat down and this is the thing, I'm not going to talk about the experiences of 
before I get into this nocturne, just summarize, you can come, but don't push anything in our faces. That's not right. We shouldn't be doing that. And esports is that space. And not only that, esports is toxic. And I'm going to say this, and I'm sure that there will be people in the esports community who's going to get really upset with me, but we are toxic. If someone is, if someone isn't sort of fitting into the narrative that we want, and it's exactly that, come, but don't push it on us. That's an absurd thing to say. Um, and esports isn't welcoming. And I'm not just saying that. I had an opportunity to talk to, 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 I've got three different pieces of commentary. Obviously, this is a live chat. I wanted to be very aware of the fact that we needed to keep it safe. Uh, I reached out to friends of mine who know me well, who know that I want to share their message in the best possible light. And also friends who I know are very, very brave people who are willing to speak up. I didn't want to push this on, on people that maybe would feel that they could be opening themselves up to the toxicity that we're talking about in esports. But I'm not going to tell you about the LGBTQ community experience in esports. I'm going to let these people talk and share their stories. So the first story that I want to share with you is a great friend of mine who when I got into esports, was always so welcoming, so friendly, so funny. He used to make me laugh so much. Uh, his name is Demonic. He is a streamer. Um, so I will share his his information with you. Uh, Demonic is just incredible, a fantastic force in esports, specifically in esports South Africa, where he has just done so much he has been working from day one a lot of people don't know he's been an active player he's been a great shot caster he has also been a phenomenal force in building esports and i asked him to share with with all of us his experience of being a gay man in esports and this is what he had to say Hey Sam, thanks uh, so much for letting me answer these questions. Um, I would say that my experience as a gay man in esports has been an interesting one because I was not always actually a gay man. I came out fairly late in my life. So the first part I would say I was under the ruse of at least being a straight man. Um, and for the most part, uh, especially in South Africa, uh, I mean, gay marriage is legal, and it's all and it's all legal here. But even in society, there is some uh, slight hostility. There's still quite a lot of violence against LGBTQIA two plus uh, people in South Africa on the regular. Um, and I think we, as in the esports community, tend to encourage that vernacular some by not even meaning it you know what i mean like when i was growing up it'd be oh jesus that's so gay dude or uh oh man don't be a fag you know what i mean like these and that and we as we've seen on twitter recently this is still very much a trend in that uh these things are used to describe people and even if they think it's a joking or they don't, don't know it's a slur um it's still be it's still being used and i'll say it's one of the reasons that i actually ended up sort of leaving the esports space is because i even though the i mean i worked i worked for metal state and i love barry and uh all the people over there and even though they created a safe and uh, environment um you know i always felt like i was 
seconds away from being attacked if I ever revealed the fact that I was, uh, in in fact, uh, a gay man, um, especially in some of the uh, younger communities, I would say. So it's uh, it's been an interesting one, but it's heading towards the better, I would say. Um, you know, it's we are slowly and surely getting there. The only way to get through this is 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 education. Um, but I think I'll answer that in the next question. So there is a next question and he will answer it. But that was Demonic's experience. And this hit me hard when I heard that, because imagine being scared of someone finding out that you're in the LGBTQ community. Imagine working in an industry and demonic works in esports and being afraid that the very people that you have to work with the the players in certain communities afraid that they would find out that you were a member uh, when i say maybe that you were part of the lgbtq community that you were a gay man you were terrified of that because of the toxicity that you would face also i can't believe i said member i apologize i made it sound like it's a club that's not the case at all i meant uh, the community but this was really scary for me when, when I listened to this because I didn't even realize I have known Demonic for years and, and I was there when he came out and I did not even realize he felt this way. And it was, it was terrifying to me because I feel in that moment as, a I mean, as a straight woman in esports that in that moment, I, I realized when I heard him talking about how scared he was that I was being apathetic. I wasn't being affirming. I wasn't, I wasn't even aware that, that these things were happening and this person was feeling this way. Um, and that was a, a hard-hitting one for me to realize that maybe esports isn't nearly welcoming enough. I want to talk, before I do that, Shano, your comments has just hit me so hard. Um, I think it's so I just want you to know that I support you and you are loved and that that is that is what I can say to you in this moment I cannot give you advice I can't make suggestions I can't speak on behalf of your parents I just want you to know that you are special because you are you and being part of the LGBTQ community um, shouldn't, shouldn't change their love for you. Um, and and it's such, this is such a hard one because I, I can't even begin to understand what it would feel like. And I just want you to know that I appreciate you and I support you. I want to move into another experience that I was able to, to to get from a friend of mine. His name is Marco Cocomelo, and I'm going to put the address of the gaming website um, that he, he is the editor of. He actually started this. He built it from the ground up. Um, and I've also known Marco for a very long time. And I knew Marco before this website existed. So I knew Marco when he was when he was building this site. 
when when he had decided he before he built the site when he decided that he wanted to he he was interested in games and he wanted to be a gaming journalist marco has dealt with so much homophobia over the years he's been in gaming way before a lot of content creators the amount of homophobia he has dealt with is insane and i've had a chance to, to see it and witness it firsthand i asked him though as a gaming journalist and as someone in the lgbtq community how he felt about um about esports and and his perception and how he was able to not how he was able to but what his perception of of esports was um as a gay man and, and being part of the community and this is what he had to say a long way with lgbt community members being in esports but um, we're still not there yet, but we've come we've come from a point where I remember like a few years ago there was a few esports teams that closed off their doors to like gay and lesbian people saying that they don't include them. Even some esports organizations um, like League of Legends hosted tournaments where they said there was they're not allowed to have gay and lesbian members of the community in their teams. And if you do have them in your teams, you can't participate in the in the tournaments. And I mean, we talk about like 2015, so that's a while back, but we've still got a lot of growth to go when it comes to um, being allowing LGBT people to um, feel welcome in esports. Unfortunately, esports is a male-dominated industry. As much as you know, there are females and everybody playing in the in the in the in the teams and the sports and stuff. It is male-dominated, so that always comes with that whole like stigmatism of you know, this belongs to me, this is straight white male. Um, and from my side, I always look at it like that. And, and in South Africa specifically, um, and I'm sure it's the issue all over the world, you see that, I mean, you could look at the teams, it's very male driven, there are female teams, but most of the time it's just male. So it also comes with that whole fear of, you know, how does like a gay person or a lesbian person feel welcome in that, in that community and in that industry when it's run by, by by men and it always happens. I mean, even the gaming industry is the same. You can look at any industry that is male dominated. It's always that same situation. How do we feel welcome? Um, how do we fit in? How do we, how do we enjoy ourselves and be part of teams without these males feeling uncomfortable? Because, you know, unfortunately we live, we still live in a world where gay people make white straight men feel uncomfortable. It's just the way it is. Um, so and from my side, you know, I often look at like tournaments and teams and always wonder, you know, I wonder how like a gay person would feel being in that team. Because a lot of the teams, a lot of the players come with very standoffish, very professional, very this is my team, this is my match, this is my equipment, don't come for me sort of thing. And already that is hard to overcome. So when it comes to uh, a gay person or a lesbian person trying to fit into that, I'm sure it's very, very hard. Um, from my experience, I, I mean, I don't, haven't had bad experiences in the esports industry, but it's only because I stay away from it, mainly because of the people in it. You know, I've had like, when I've had like opportunities to interview people. Like I remember I was overseas once, and like a big, a big owner, a big owner of an organization um, met me, and we met for coffee one day. And uh, just because we were both in the same country at the same time, it wasn't anything else. 
And I couldn't believe how like weird it was that he didn't know how to have a conversation with me. And, you know, we still live in this world where like, you know, a straight white guy doesn't know how to speak to gay people. And like, we still, you know, having a conversation with me is exactly the same as everybody else. But unfortunately, you know, he has this like mentality where, you know, what do we talk about? You know, Mark is like gay, but he, and he plays games, but does he really play games? So I think it's, it's the same thing, like across the board where, you know, it's about educating team members to say, you can, you know, a gay person or a lesbian person or any member of the community is just another person. And gaming unites all these people outside of esports. So it should do the same thing in esports. Unfortunately, it's just about growing your teams and becoming more opening to all of that. So that was Marco's experience. And I think it's it's so hard when when you hear it because these are the this is his this is his experience and this was my thing when I started the, this this episode when I started doing the research into it with Tech Girl Talks was I wanted to talk about the LGBTQ community and esports but I didn't want to just throw my opinion out because I don't think my opinion matters in these specific cases I think that what matters is hearing this as an esports community hearing these these very brave men who came forward and said this is what i experienced and understanding that that is their real life experience these are things that they have had to deal with cavi mentioned in the chat i disagree with marco's opinions a lot but it genuinely sucks to see that he has to deal with this because of the fact that he is a member of the lgbtq community and this is exactly my thing is that we as an esports community need to understand that this is this is something that is an actual problem that is happening again and the problem for me what i've realized in in talking to demonic into talking to marco and also chatting to my friend nick who i, I will um, share his opinions in a little bit as well is that i have ultimately been apathetic to it uh, as opposed to affirming, as opposed to doing more to welcoming it. And we need more people to be affirming in the esports community to create these safe spaces. I can sit and we can talk about all these experiences and, and we can talk about all the problems. But I think to solve the problems for esports, and there's, like I mentioned, after chatting to Nick, there's so many more conversations I want to have around this. Um, so many more conversations. And, and I want to, I want to, I do want to investigate the opportunities that are there for us to maybe keep these conversations going. But for me today, what I really wanted to do, Tech Girl Talks has always been a safe space. It's a place for us to have a positive dialogue about issues in the community. And what I felt for me to do today was that I wanted to highlight the importance of being a good ally and how we can be better allies in esports to the LGBTQ community. That was something that I really wanted to do because we can talk about all the issues again and again and again. We can get angry and we can get anxious and we can get upset. But what we really need is a solution. And the solution is that those of us in the esports community who, who want to be affirming and welcoming to the LGBTQ community, we need to be better allies. So how do we be better allies? And I thought that I would chat to both Marco and Demonic to to get some insight from them. So this is what Marco's, uh, Marco's feedback was on being a better ally. Being a better 
ally is just acknowledging issues outside of Pride Month. You know, people often are easy to chime in and say, you know, it's Pride Month, you know, people, there's abuse and hate and um, people can't play, you know, tournaments because they're gay and they're part of the community. And, uh, you know, these issues aren't just happening now, they happen all year round. So, you know, if you see these issues happen and you have the platform like social media and you've got a site or you've got a, a large following TikTok, you know, use those platforms to voice your opinion. And if people are, have issues with you, then clearly they deserve to be blocked or they deserve for you to like mute them or something because you know those are the people that are preventing growth across the board be it in gaming or esports on technology um i often find how you know you have to you have to always remember that while the issues are highlighted in pride month we're always dealing with problems there's always murders happening there's always hate or happening there's always discrimination happening so you don't be scared to um you know make the people that follow you if you have a platform or you know if you have um means to grow um raise awareness for example by getting somebody on board that is a part of the community to play in your team to um to speak up and make it seem like it's a natural thing you know people still don't believe being gay is natural so you know, sharing an article about like um, homophobia on your on your Twitter feed isn't doing isn't doing any bad. It's actually doing very good because people who who follow you will start to see that, and it's about raising awareness across the board. So every little bit of information that goes up there for for people to realize that these are issues that we need more people supporting us. If we need need more allies across the board. Um, the better, the bigger this gets, the better. So if you have means to do so, always remember to jump on board and do it all year round and not just during Pride Month. I did mention this at the beginning of the stream, so we'll go back to it where I said that I don't think that this is a conversation that should only be happening in Pride Month. I chose to have this conversation now during Pride because I felt that it would be front of mind and maybe some of the esports community would be a bit more open to having this conversation, which is why I'm having it. But everything I think Marco said is is so is so strong and really shows how we as an esports community can be more affirming and welcoming of course to the lgbtq community i also wanted to chat a bit more to i'm losing my voice now and i apologize but i also wanted to get demonic's insight having worked as a tournament organizer in esports as to how we as the community can be better allies and this is what he had to say how to be an ally to the LGBTQIA community is very simple. Create a safe environment um, for everyone. Make sure that you take those words out of your vernacular entire, entirely. Don't say something's gay. Don't call someone a fag. Like these are, you know, even if, even if it's in a gaming context or your mid is throwing in a Dota game, don't do it you are not creating a safe space for for anyone involved you know what i mean because it being part of the lgbtqia community means you are they already have struggled for some sort of acceptance in their life everyone in that community has um so just accepting them for the who they are who they are not asking questions um not using words that might be counted as 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 slurs um, these are all like 
these are all just small, simple ways that you can help create an inclusive space. Also set boundaries. If your friends uh, are, are doing that, stand up and say, hey, mates, that's not what you should be doing or saying, you know what I mean? Because that encourage that means that, you know, you are encouraging that safe space, but you're also setting safe boundaries um, around yourself, your community, um, whatever you're involved in, so that, uh, you know, people from the LGBTQIA space know that they are in a safe space. Because um, it is a uh, very easy, I would say very easy to frighten us away. Or, um, or uh, in my case, I go, okay, I just don't care about you anymore. You know what I mean? Because that's if that's the way you feel, then then, then so be it. Um, I hope that's answered your question in some way. Thank you, Sam. So again, that was demonic. You can go um, check him out. He is a fantastic streamer and definitely someone that I think can can brighten your day a little bit. So that that was advice from from Marco and Demonic on how to be a better ally. And I think that what they're saying should just be the way that we behave. But it goes back to really the focus. And I have to thank Nick. Without a doubt, he put this in my mind yesterday and I'm going to hype it home again and again. The, the difference between being queer apathetic versus queer affirming and how important it is. And I think that that is really, for me, in researching this particular topic, that was really the, the, the turning point for me where I kind of went, shit, I need to, I need to do more, I need to change. And, and it, it made a lot of sense to me. And, and a lot of the stuff that, that he had to say, we are gonna hear from Nick in a little bit. and. There's a lot that I want to say, and I think Nick says it really well. Uh, he he was very kind to share um, some thoughts with me, and I think that he says it really well. And a lot of the stuff he says, uh, I want to say, but I want to end with Nick's view because it's so strong. And also, I think that the point of this whole conversation about talking about the LGBTQ community and esports is that esports isn't doing enough, and. Nick will mention it, but I'm going to mention it as well. This isn't just about the LGBTQ community. It is also about people of color, women. We're not doing enough. And those of us that are in the community that want to be welcoming are being too apathetic. We need to be more affirming. We need to create those space, those safe spaces. We need to, we need to ultimately be in a position where, and Nick's going to talk about this as well, not just creating a safe space, but ensuring that we as, as allies can stand up and, and fight for that safe space and that we don't put that fight on the LGBTQ community because right now they're having to fight for their safe space and they shouldn't, it should be us, which is a lot of what Marco and Demonic said. I think I'm going to end this though because I can honestly tell you that no one says this better than um, Nick and we've we've shared his his stream in the chat but no one says this better i i think that he really sums up this conversation so well and i i honestly want to do more of these i'd love to do these live i'd love to do a tech call talks with nick so we can go backwards and forwards because some of our conversation yesterday was was eye-opening for me and and made me realize the work that allies in esports need to do but more importantly i think that it could be really interesting so if you're into that i'd love to hear from you but i think right now um we're going to hear from Nick. 
and he's gonna. I, I think that it, it will really help put in perspective what I was trying to say with this conversation. So, I, I stop speaking. I'm just gonna let Nick speak. Active allyship in the gaming community is really important, especially um, where alleviating bigotry of all kinds actually is concerned. Um, because what a lot of people don't realize is that these issues are intersectional. If you create an environment that is conducive to the social comfort and safeties of LGBT people, chances are you're also going to, at the same time, create an environment that is uh, comfortable and safe for people of color and women and um, and any other marginalized demographic in the gaming community. Um, and I think it's really important that, you know, a, a queer people know what pride is and, and what issues we face. And I think the onus of account of, of responsibility rather is on allies to educate themselves on what pride really is. Cause I think a lot of people who aren't, um, who aren't queer, kind of have this idea in their head that pride is just you know a bunch of lgbt people celebrating or having a big party about you know who they have sex with um and that's so far removed from 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 the reality of what pride represents pride is a pride is more of a protest really than a celebration and there's a celebration around it because you know why not but um pride is actually quite a protest it originated as a protest and it has continued to be one throughout the throughout the decades. Um, but it's a protest to obviously um, uh, fight for our dignity and respect in society and our rights. Um, but also a protest against heteronormative assimilation. We don't want to be like anyone else. We don't want to we don't want to be uh, there's this idea that you know in order for gay people to be respected we must show other people that we're just like them and we're not and we don't want to be as well which is like the confusing issue um people need to respect lgbt people for who they are not how similar they can be um and i think true allyship is not so many people think that they're allies because they say things like, oh, I don't care if you're gay. And for me, it's the same as saying, I don't see color, right? Because if you don't care or you don't see, then you can't combat um, the kind of prejudices we face on a daily basis. Because what people who are queer hear when someone says, I don't care if you're gay, is I won't say anything about you being gay as long as you don't make a big deal about it. Or I uh, don't care that you're gay as long as it's, as long as you keep quiet about it, or I don't care that you're gay, but I'm not going to do anything about it if somebody is a bigot. I think the I think the real goal um, to uh, kind of exhibit praxis in allyship is to not be is to not be queer apathetic, but queer affirming. I think like there's a major difference in that affirmation of a demographic is actually allyship and and uh and you know platforming that demographic in a way that's conducive to their respect and their dignities and and their safety in social spaces um so yeah that's that's kind of you know that's that's the major thing i mean queer people are really really tired of 
having to go up against the kind of daily bigotry that we face and then being told by people who couldn't possibly imagine what we're going through to just, you know, turn the other cheek and take the high road. And, um, you know, a lot of us kind of just don't want to anymore. And I think a, a really good um, act of allyship would be for non-queer people to take up that emotional labor on their behalf and educate other straight people um, or non-queer people in general um, so that we kind of don't have to because it's, it's kind of like a triple, it's kind of like a triple whammy of, you know, having to deal with the emotional pain of being berated as a human being, um, then having to put in the emotional labor to educate someone, and then also risking um, being vulnerable and then somebody laughing at you for that, like, ber and berating you. It happens all the time, you know, somebody says something shitty that kind of berates you as a human being. You're like, hey, that's not very nice and this is why. And then they'll be like, oh, well, you're just a triggered snowflake. And then all of that emotional labor spent on nothing. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think um, what's really important for gaming spaces as well is to incorporate more queer voices, um, you know, including other demographics in your spaces is not gonna take away from, it's not it's not a you know culture and space is not a finite resource it's not a finite um, social resource in that incorporating more queer voices incorporating more voices from people of color and incorporating um, more voices uh, from women is not going to take away from the spaces of any other demographic it's actually going to add more and what's nice is that as it is an intersectional issue if you make a space that is safe and conducive for women, you are also um, you are also uh, making spaces that are safe for other queer people and for people of color, because all of these issues, all of these social issues, are and should be intersectional, and I think that should be a main focus for people who want to be an ally to these demographics. Thank you so much for watching episode four and a huge thank you once again to Marco, Nick and Demonic for sharing their experiences with me. I really appreciate them being able to, to talk openly with me and feel like this was a safe space for them to, to share those experiences and their suggestions for being a better ally. I appreciate it very much. I've linked to all of their channels in the description of this video as well. So definitely go check them out. Make sure you sub and follow them. And of course, if you enjoyed this, sub and follow this channel as well. We would love the support and I'd love to hear from you. If you have a topic you want me to talk about, or even if you have any questions or, or any thoughts that, that you had during this, drop them in the comments or visit my Discord. There's a link in the description. We'd love to hear from you. Tech Girl Talks was recorded live on twitch.tv forward slash techgirlza. Written, scripted, and hosted by me, Sam, Tech Girl Wright, and produced as a playlist original for Spotify and Apple iTunes. If you enjoyed this episode, please give it a five-star review, leave a comment, and tell your gaming mates to listen as well. You can find me all over the web by looking for Tech Girl ZA on various social media platforms. If you have ideas for future episodes or just want to chat, I'd love to hear from you.